And we are live on a Wednesday. It is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app, and watching the show live on our website, 97.3 ESPN.com. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody. Josh Hennings producing today's show. You out there. So another day, and Carson Wentz hasn't been traded. Just to update you on that, if you didn't know. Were you aware? Sadly. Did you think I was going to open the show today by saying, hey, Carson Wentz got traded? No. I don't know when that day will be. Might not be ever. Wow. No way. I don't know, man. I think he's going to be traded, but... I mean, I think there's a lot of complicating things going on here. Does he want to go to Chicago? Well, it, let me ask you this. If you're Carson Wentz, is going to Chicago very appealing? No, probably okay. not. So if you're the Bears and you're like, well, does he really want to come here? And if he's like, no, I don't. I mean, that says that's not a very appealing spot for him. So some people are like, how does this guy have the audacity to say what's appealing and what's not? Well, that's part of him being under contract is he can elect to say, you know what? I'm not happy here, but I really don't want to go there. Yeah, and it's a tough spot right now. We kind of talked about it when weighing the options of Indianapolis and Chicago. They are in a spot where there's so much pressure on them to succeed that it, it, it could be overwhelming to that level. Now, I'm not saying it's right to go out there and say, I'm not playing here, you know, but that's where – and it comes back full circle to what we talked about yesterday. These athletes have the power now, and it's unfortunate. I don't think it should be this way, and Draymond Green's going off about it as well, which grabbed a lot of storylines. But at the end of the day, this is where we are. So no one likes this. Nobody wants to be a part of this. But guess what? If there was another athlete in another city that would get traded between the Eagles and the Cowboys and he stood up and said, I don't want to go to the Cowboys, and he came to Philly, you would love it, wouldn't you? I guess. I mean, this is like the evolution. Like, I'm in this conversation with somebody about the evolution. Like, things evolve. Like, you, you need to evolve with times. Like, you need to move on. Like, you can't be, like, stuck in your ways otherwise evolve or die you know evolution do i know who you're talking about yeah i mean come on evolution man it's evolve or die if you don't move on with the times you're gonna get stuck in the in the in the rear and just basically be the guy standing back there screaming about stuff from uh, 1985 that you want to can happen those days are over they're not coming back sports are changing it's either get on the bus or you're gonna be miserable sports fan guy who and this is what's happening Guys don't want to play in certain places. We have principles in our lives that we that we would never do this. Well, guess what? We are now past the point of being able to go back in our lives and set that standard. We had our chance. We're not young enough to do it anymore. These young guys now have changed the way that sports has happened. So it's either get on the train or get off being a sports fan. You don't have to like it, but Carson Wentz doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to go to Chicago. Guess what? The standards that have been set in this world have now made it to where I can say I'm not happy here and I don't want to go there and I want to be traded. Like it or not, that's the way it is. And this ties together, though, with a little bit of yesterday. And, and you brought up maybe Howie Roseman having some leverage if this is the case. And once again, we don't really know if this is 100% how it is playing out with all the stories over the last five months. You add all them up, they each conflict one another. So you really don't know. But if this is the case where the Eagles are trying to move him to Chicago, he says no, he doesn't want to be there. Now, Howie Roseman does not have leverage because the Colts, they're laughing. Oh, where are you going to go? You're going to keep him? You're going to end up keeping him? There's no way. We'll give you two seconds. Don't you think they have the leverage if this is the case? 
it would seem that if you only have one option on the table, your bargaining power lessens. But I contend again, unless the Colts have another quarterback on their list of guys that they're interested in, and they very may well. I don't. I'm not saying that they don't. But if Frank Reich says, man, I really think Wentz is the right guy for where we are. Like, this is a guy who took a team to the number one seed. He was going to be the MVP of the league. We had a guy in Andrew Luck who was a lot like Carson Wentz. That's the guy that we need with the roster we have right now. So he might be in the ear of his guy saying that, and his guy might say, dude, they want too much. I'll get to Sam Darnold. And Reich might say, Darnold's not the guy to get this team where it needs to be. Darnold's better than what we have, but he's not the right guy. So who knows what's going on inside that Colts building right now on who Frank Reich wants to be his quarterback and how big of a voice he has in all this. Frank Reich definitely, I would imagine, has a voice on who's going to be the quarterback and what direction to go into. But I just wonder, if two second rounders is the beef of the offer from the Colts with the Bears still in play, I don't know how the Bears are out of the equation and somehow that goes up. If they're willing to offer two seconds and a third or fourth down the road with the Bears available in trade talks, if they now back out knowing Carson Wentz doesn't want to be there, I just don't know how the draft picks then jump up to a first rounder. There's no one to counter your pick with. It only, okay, and it only, it's a fair point and question and conversation. It only goes up if the Colts panic. And guys start moving. You know, the best case scenario for the Eagles is Sam Darnold gets traded. Somebody else gets signed. Another guy gets signed. Start whittling down some of these options. And the top option is still Wentz for Frank Reich. And that's why I think if Howie Roseman keeps holding on and holding on and holding on and the Colts don't end up with anybody, the seesaw eventually might flip back in his direction. It seems like now the seesaw is kind of going the opposite direction. But at some point, you know, you put a little bit more weight on that thing and the seesaw kind of flips back up your way. And the only weight you can really put on it is waiting. No, and, that's and waiting until they panic and say, hey, we're running out of options here. What do we do? Yeah, that's fair. If other quarterbacks start moving, that is the that is what will maybe make that draft pick jump up higher. How much of this, though, we keep talking about this March 19th date. How much of this is whoever's on the other side saying, we're going to wait for the Eagles to have to take that 10 mil hit so we don't have to? Is there any part of that into the equation? Because March I know 19th, that a lot of people seem to think if something's going to happen, it's going to be around there. But I said yesterday, I think the Eagles could contend, you know, we'll hold on to them. We'll take the 10 million hit, but you need to give us more. But doesn't that then make it where the cap hit is? Because we talk about post June 1st sometimes too, where then you can separate it over two years. Well, if it's the extra 10 million plus the 34, now you're looking at $44 million. And if you trade in post June 1, now for the next two years, you're going to have 20 plus mil in dead cap on Wentz. Is that the strongest what, way to play? What it? would you value more? Having a better cap situation or getting a better return? This season, a better return because I don't think next year they're going to be legitimate anyway to the point of competing. So I'd rather take the better return, take the hard hit for this one season, and then you can kind of regroup after this one season with cap space. So I'll take the better return for this year, knowing the circumstances. Right. So that's what they're up against. I also want to say this. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm this huge Howie Roseman supporter or anything, but people are like, well, he got you into cap hell. I was thinking about this last night. 
The only reason the Eagles are in a little bit of a cap predicament is because of COVID-19. Because the cap. The cap was not projected to go down to where it's going. It was every year it kind of goes up 10 million increments. So I'm imagining his plan was that, okay, I'm planning that this is going to go up by 10 million. And that would put me in a spot where it's manageable. The problem has become the pandemic hit, and now the cap, instead of going up $10 million, is going back possibly $20 million. So if you had a plan five years, four, three, here I am, I know I'm going to be $10 million over, I don't think they would have been in this cap situation that they've ended up in had it not been for COVID-19. It wouldn't have been as bad. There's no doubt about that. It, you still would have been in some sort of cap issue, but it would have yeah, been more manageable definitely. To, to tweak things around. So that is a very valid point. And a lot of the GMs are dealing with that. So, you know, it's not just a Howie Roseman thing. All these GMs have to think on the fly in all these sports. So, you know, it's not just football. You now have to, because I always talk about the, the GM plan and I talk about how, you know, it's not just, hey, what's happening for next season. There's got to be this long-term window of what you want to do in the next year, in the next three years, in the next five years. And five years ago, you could have never planned for this to happen while you ended up making, you know, moves throughout. So, yeah, there's definitely truth to you are in these weird times, and you kind of got thrown in for a loop, if you will. Well, if Carson Wentz doesn't want to go to the Bears, the Bears aren't going to trade for him. If if they know from his agent, they can certainly reach out to his agent and say, you know, hey, is Carson comfortable coming here? And his agent would say, no, he's not. Don't trade for him. Eventually, then that means the Eagles would have to take essentially what the Colts are offering. And that's where this stare down begins you know it's like okay if there's only one team involved they're going to make an offer it's who at that point has more leverage and I don't know do the Eagles have the leverage in that we have the player that you want or do the Colts have the leverage in saying you have a player that we want but he doesn't want you I mean then the Eagles can counter with I don't care he can't go anywhere you don't have to trade him but then that becomes a situation of do, do you have the ability to bring him back? And then that's where a flurry of opinions come in. Yeah, I think both have leverage. If you look at it, they both have leverage. To have the actual item is obviously significant. You have the guy that the other team wants, so that gives you leverage. But if you're on the other side and you know that they don't want to be there and the team doesn't want them there at the end of the day, no matter what they say to you, he they don't want him, he doesn't want to be there, so they have leverage knowing that there's other teams in play that Wentz doesn't even want to be traded to. So yeah. that's when it's, okay, who's going to move first? But they both technically do have leverage yeah, on their side. That's right, because look, the Colts and Eagles, they're in this stare down right now, okay? But they both want something. The Colts want a quarterback to upgrade their position, and the Eagles want to get rid of Wentz because they know he's unhappy. What one of those things, the team that wants the quarterback or the team that wants to get rid of an unhappy player puts one or the other in a in a, in a position of power, and I don't think there's an answer to that. I don't think one has power over the other or has leverage over the other. This is essentially, is Chris Ballard going to get the better of Howie Roseman or is Howie Roseman going to get the better of Chris Ballard? Because I don't think either one has, if one team has a little bit of a power, I guess it would be the Eagles is because they have the contract of the player. Yeah, but they but everybody knows the situation, so I don't know how much that really holds. It doesn't hold as much as it should, I'll say, obviously. Do you but- think if the Eagles trade it, hurts that that would change Wentz's view no no I I think at this point it is 
I really do believe it's a Howie Roseman thing, right? Wouldn't you say that this is a Howie Roseman? You bring up the hypothetical all the time. If if Howie Roseman randomly said, I'm out of here, yeah. there's a good chance that Carson Wentz is here. I do believe that. Okay, well, that's, you know, one scenario that I don't see happening. But again, like <laughs> I, I, I threw it out there as if he was like Matt Clintac and essentially said, you know what? Like, it's time for down. me to step down. Yeah. I don't even know that Clintac did that. They just didn't fire. But, like, the way they presented it is, like, Lori would say, look, you know, we're really – we we, we got to bring Wentz back. We can't make a trade. I gave you the chance. I'm going to give you a deadline until March 17th. If you can make a trade, fine. If you can't, then we might have to think about maybe you stepping down. I don't I, think that would happen. Though. No. I find it interesting, though, that it is Ballard and Roseman. It, it's two GMs in this league that have a track record, you know? So it's like this is a, a, a heavyweight – a heavyweight title match almost in the GM department. It's a very interesting one. Ralph Max watching on YouTube. He says, are the Eagles front office praying that other teams miss out on the quarterback action just so they can price hike Carson? Because that's not smart. Just my take on the non-movement. Well, I think the Eagles are. See, here's the problem. I think the Eagles are waiting for the quarterback market to be set while the other teams are waiting for Wentz to set the market. They don't want to make the move first. They don't want to just go out there and throw something and see what sticks. They want to see what Darnold goes for. They want to see what happens with Garoppolo. They want to see what other teams are willing to give up so then they can go back to the Colts and say, oh, yeah, did you see Sam Darnold went for a first? We want two first. And then, then they restart this whole thing all, all over again. Okay, <laughs> the only quarterbacks that I think would get value of that a magnitude would be if Deshaun Watson got traded, if Russell Wilson got traded, yeah, if, that's if, it. If Deshaun Watson goes for three firsts, I don't think that that changes anything in terms of Carson Wentz's market. They're just two totally different tiered quarterbacks. Dan from EHT just texted in something that's kind of interesting. Says the strange thing about the Wentz soap opera is that he has never come out publicly and actually says, I want to be traded. So the funny part is we love to blame the media for everything. But yet we all believe that the media is being accurate in this situation. Is there a part of you at all that think Wentz is like, why does everybody think I want to be traded? If that's the case, our quarterback's not very smart. Uh, come on, you hear all this news. If you wanted to be here, this would have been shut down a long time ago. So his silence is him technically coming out and saying, I don't want to be here. His silence says something. It's not as if, oh, well, because he's quiet, it means this is all fake. No, him being quiet throughout this time tells me everything I need to know. He doesn't want to be here. That's why we're sitting here today. Well, uh, we got a lot of audio that we're going to kind of uh, cycle into the show throughout the day because this has been the biggest. And I think we talked about this, Broads, back in, I don't know, December when he got benched, was that this was going to be the biggest offseason story, bar none, was that, what was going to happen to Wentz? Did he, was he going to come out? Well, the, I think the biggest problem is that that text message suggested is he never said anything. He's never said one word since the Green Bay game, which has left us all trying to read the tea leaves for ourselves. I don't know why he did that to himself. Why? Why would you not come out and just say, you know what? There's so much information out there. I want to try to clear some things up. Yes, I got benched. Doug and I were not seeing eye to eye. I've had some problems with uh, Howie Rose. I don't, whatever he says. Yeah. That, maybe that's not the yeah, right it's thing. Yeah, it might be a little strong statement, but I get you. I feel that the agent has something to do with this. You know, the supporting cast surrounding Carson Wentz's team well, is like, hey, be quiet, stay quiet. There's no positives. Are they? 
Or are they saying, come on, Carson, you have to talk. And he's just saying, nope, I don't want to. I would find that hard to believe. I really would. If your age, not, not that you, like your agent says everything here and everything he says goes, but Look, you pay the agent. He can tell you and advise you, but you don't have to do what he says. I know In that. the end, he works for you. The agent could be saying, Carson, I really think you should. And maybe that's why so much information, because maybe the agent's like, dude, I have to try to get something out there. I don't know. I don't see it that way. I mean, obviously, we can put everything on the table at this point and, and hypothetically speak about it. So, sure, it's on the table. I tend to lean, though, that Carson Wentz, and his team have come together and said, okay, let's weigh the pros and cons here. If I speak now, what's the benefits? What's the, the negative effects? And okay, it's been three weeks since then. If I speak now, what's the positives? What's the negative? Well, now so, I think he's past the point yeah, of no return. Exactly. So it's, you know, I'm sure they weighed out all the options here. They're not dumb. Carson Wentz is not a dumb person. He probably sat down with people and said, okay, let's look at this from all the pros and cons. And they decided that this is the best way to go. But to think that there's no preparation involved they see this as their best their their best message if you will is this the best message though is this the best message if you are the Wentz team playing it silent I I don't think that it is I think they have misplayed this brutally I, I, because I don't think about this though Broads what team now maybe more teams would be interested in him had he talked and it gave his side I don't know story. though because maybe it would be look at this guy Come on, this guy's coming out and throwing his team under the bus and doesn't like Doug Peterson. I, I feel that because he's not speaking, we're upset about it. But if he spoke and came out clean and said, I don't like it here, I don't want to be here, you know what we'd say? He should have been quiet. <laughs> Why would he say this? He should have been quiet because we would have ripped him into shreds. So I really do think it's a well, lose-lose situation. I don't know about situation. that. At least he'd be transparent and say, look, some of the reports. We would rip this you know, You're hearing about this. I want to clear the air. And I'm, you know, and yeah, I think it's best if we move, if we part ways. Like, look at all these guys who have come out and said, yeah, it's best that we, you know, J.J. Watt. Okay, it's time, you know, he wants to go. Deshaun yeah, Watts that, is J not getting ripped. J.J. Watts is a little different, only because that that organization is just at another point in life that you you can't really describe it in the same context as the Eagles know, no matter how bad the Eagles are right now. But J.J. Watt's different. If J.J. Watt fell off and was the worst defensive end in the history of football collapses, would we look at it differently? We look at him as this respectful he's not guy. The same guy. He's not the same player. Though. No, he's not. But he has this Jason Kelsey type of mindset where, you know, veteran leader, everyone loves him. There's so much stank behind Carson Wentz that I don't know if you can compare that because of how how they are perceived around the league. J.J. Watt and Carson Wentz are perceived completely different guys. Here's what Greeny said today on uh, Greeny here on 97.3 ESPN. The great ones elevate what is around them. And I don't think we've seen that. I mean, Carson Wentz, when he was at his best, let's face it, was on a team that was so good that they won the Super Bowl without him. That's what happened. So I think people think that I don't like Carson Wentz. A, I don't know Carson Wentz at all. And I think he does have a lot of talent. But I do think that he has mishandled that situation. I, I don't think it was well handled at all. I don't think they can bring them back. Because, yes, the idea of two guys competing is what sports in theory is supposed to be. But I think you need to have the right people to do it. In this case, I think you have at least one of them who is the wrong person. All right. And he's obviously saying that the wrong person is Carson Wentz. And that he said they've mishandled this, that he has mishandled this whole thing. You know, like, do we hold the Eagles at fault in the way they've handled this? Well, you might say they're the one that they're the reason why he doesn't want to be here. So that puts them into some fault. But they haven't said anything either, really, about Wentz, other than 
you know, um, Sirianni brought it up a little bit in the press conference, but he never endorsed him. I guess I just feel there's no way to really do this if you're Wentz. You know, you want we all want him to speak, and I, I want him to speak over not speaking. I'm just saying, I do feel as a city, as a fan base, if this guy goes up there and starts really saying how he feels, there would be an insane amount of criticism going after him and how he's perceived around the league. Maybe teams don't want to trade for him because they think he's some awful teammate now and an awful person to go up there and call out Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. It's a bad look. So I just don't know if there's a good way to go about it. No matter what he did, I think he would get destroyed. So they figured, hey, quieter is better. Even if we get destroyed, it's better than saying something stupid that could cost you down the road. I'm just trying to look at it from their perspective. If if you look at the pros and cons of it. Yeah, and you know, some of the stuff and and that it comes down to is our teams looking at Wentz as, you know, because all these stories came out over the last couple of years that he was difficult to coach, he was tough in the locker room. And then, you know, when that story came out a couple of years ago, people didn't want to believe it, right? Yeah. And now our team saying, hmm, I wonder if that stuff's true. Because do you think there would, like, the fact that there's really only one or two teams involved with him, is that surprising to you? Or is it, no, he was so bad that you're lucky two teams are involved. I, I look at it from this perspective. If Frank Reich and Filippo want him back, that almost says that, sure, he might be hard to work with, but it's not scary hard to work with. They, they want him again. If there's someone who's that much of a pain in the ass, would you really be working that hard to bring him back into your organization? So whether he's tough to work with or not, it's probably at a level where, yeah, you know what? There, there is some stubbornness to him. Welcome to the NFL. All these guys are stubborn to a degree. They want to work with him again. That tells me a little something. Maybe not too much, but it tells me a little bit of something. Yeah, that's a good point is that, hey, he wasn't so bad that Filippo and Wentz um, – Right, two guys that worked with him are at least considering reworking with him again. Although, look, there were good times back then. You didn't have a lot of issues right. to bring out. The issues bring out the negatives. The winning kind of keeps that aside. Unless they think, like every coach does, oh, if I get my hands on him, we'll be good again. You know, they don't even think of, oh, well, what if this goes wrong? All these coaches automatically think, okay, when we get him, we're going to be great. On the text board, uh, the Colts have the leverage. They potentially have other op options. Looks like the Eagles may not. Plus, there is no way the Eagles can bring him back if he's unhappy. Not to mention Hurts would be looking over his shoulder constantly. Well, there's a couple things there. One. Yes, the Colts have more options where it looks like the Eagles may not. The Eagles might not have other options to trade him, but they can just say, dude, you're stuck here. Suck it up. Either battle for the position or sulk. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a grown-up and battle for your spot, or are you just going to basically tap out? Well, over the weekend, Rob Motti, the Associated Press, put something out about how because of Carson Wentz's professionalism, you know, with the Eagles maybe bringing him back, there is something to be said about how he would own up to what is left on that contract. Like the type of person he is, it's not as if he's going to go in there and just, you know, be some sort of, you know, horrendous person. He is a high character guy where if he is back in Philadelphia, he will return. And I'm like, that that is interesting because I feel it's way off the table. But Rob had a pretty interesting tweet that went pretty viral in this uh, Eagles faithful that got, people going yeah that's well, for sure i think this whole story has a lot of people going because look while it is exhausting and you want something to just happen so that it ends you know what that's not 
what this deal is. That's not when you have a player of this magnitude. Sometimes it's very complicated and you just don't, you know, I think we're just so used to like, hey, there's a report where there's smoke, there's fire, and boom, it's done. It doesn't always happen like that, especially when there's so much surrounding it. You know, does he want to be here? He doesn't want to be here. He hasn't said a word. What teams are involved? There's so many. I think the fact that there's so many quarterbacks, that's not typically the case. How many times are this many quarterbacks available in an offseason? Not many. Not many. But uh, here's Rob Motti's tweet that happened on Saturday afternoon. Hold that thought. Okay. We'll put that up on the video screen. So if you're watching, we'll put the tweet up on the screen, and then we'll discuss it coming up on the other side on the radio on 97.3 ESPN FM. Watch the show live at 973ESPN.com. It's brought to you by your Delaware Valley Acura dealers. For great deals on Acura's award-winning lineup, shop online at DelValAcuraDealers.com. All right, busy show. Jason Fitz, Paul Hudrick, Jeff Mosher, and the professor John Clayton are guests of the program today. You can watch the show live on our website, 973ESPN.com. We are just getting started Hey, Wentz could be traded by the end of the show. We don't know. Could happen. I doubt it, but we'll see. It is a sports pass on 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app, and watch us live at 97.3 ESPN.com. We never. ESPN.com. It's the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. Watch the show live on our website, 97.3 ESPN.com. It's real easy to do. Just go to the website, click on the link, check us out. Sports Pass is brought to you by AmeriSafe Mortgage. Lower mortgage rates means more savings. Find out more at AmeriSafe.com. And now you can sign up for the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge at 973ESPN.com. The bracket with the most correct this year will win a $500 golden getaway in Atlantic City. Thanks to our friends at GoldenNuggetSports.com. The top 20 brackets will receive a free bet at GoldenNuggetSports.com. You must be 21 or older to place a bet and only available in Jersey. Free bets are on. For online sports book only, please see the website for terms and conditions. But the million-dollar bracket is back for this year's NCAA tournament. So check that out now at 973ESPN.com. So you had a tweet from Rob Motti that uh, basically gave, I don't want to say more insight on this story, but obviously uh, it put some more information out there that, we're all kind of trying to find little breadcrumbs. Little breadcrumbs. Nothing wrong with that, though. You you ever uh, see the breadcrumbs and you pick them up anyway and throw them back in your mouth? Not if they were there from a pr- like another party. Yeah, not from another sitting. In the same sitting of your environment, of course. Yeah, I'm five-second rule. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe a little longer than five. Let's be realistic. Yeah, I don't here. mind. You don't need to lie to the people. Brownie. Yeah. No problem with me. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's the Mahdi tweet? Okay, so the Mahdi tweet is. I thought you were going to throw it up on the screen. I'm, I was, well, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. But anyway, we, we're here. I have the I have the Mahdi tweet. Uh, he believes the Eagles feel that they don't have to trade Carson Wentz because they know he's not a troublemaker. He'd come back, compete, and honor the contract. It's not ideal, but they know his character. It's an advantage if they don't get an acceptable offer. Then he he comments back on his own tweet and says, he still thinks a trade is more likely, but he disagrees with the idea it's impossible to bring him back. He does? Yes. So 
He disagrees with the idea that it's impossible to bring Carson oh, Wentz oh, back. Oh, Marty does. Yes, Marty does. said Wentz. Oh, no, 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 no. Rob Marty. Rob Wentz now disagrees? No, jeez, that would be another one. Yeah, no, no, no. Rob Marty. The whole, like, they know he's not a troublemaker. He'd come back and compete and honor his contract. That's kind of where I'm saying is that the Eagles know in the end, if they don't get what they want, they can bring him back. And I don't think he's going to be like, I thought he handled this situation bench being benched. I think he handled it fine. Right. It's not going to be, let's say an Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh where, you know, there's like, there's, it's going to be headlines. It's going to be storylines, but in terms of how you're going to react as a person on the sidelines in the media and all, you're not going to see him being outrageous because he's not playing. I would agree with you there. Yeah. He's like, not going to cause a scene. Correct. So that's why I feel like the Eagles can, in the end, say, look, if we don't get the deal we want for you, we'll bring you back. But is you that might a, not like it. I was going to say, is that a downfall? Almost like, is that a bad thing to have on your plate? For example, with the Steelers, they didn't even give it the time of day. We're take the cap hit. You're out of here. Now, it might look brutal at the time, but it benefits your locker room, benefits your culture, benefits, you know, what's going to happen moving forward. They did the same with Le'Veon Bell. They just kind of got rid of these guys. Is it a bad option to have on the table to bring him back? It might feel fine now. Like, okay, hey, look, if you don't get what you want, then you can at least bring him back. But could that be a downfall of this situation that might look like a positive in your hand, but it's really a negative? Um, That's a fair question, but I, I, I think it goes back to what Rob tweeted. I, I want to read this tweet from Rob, too. It says, direct response from a team official about a report that the best offer the Eagles got for Carson Wentz was two second-round picks plus a potential third or fourth. Quote, we made a better offer. I wasn't told what the better offer entailed. Stay tuned. Here's my problem with that. It's very subjective. What if you think it's a better offer, but it's not a better offer? You well, know, like, it's one. Well, okay. Well, what if they think one high second round pick is better than a mid second round pick and a later second round pick? So the two second rounders from Indianapolis, maybe it's in the middle of the second and late second, but the one second round pick that is, quote, a better offer is a higher second. Maybe he thinks that's more valuable, but maybe Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lloyd say, hey, I'd rather have the two than the one, even though it's a higher pick. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying it's subjective to say my pick is better. Well, maybe it's maybe your compensation isn't better to them. Yeah. Well, that's subjective. True. But yeah. I think that would be more definitive if someone gave you that answer. So do you think there's a first on the table at that point? Like, what What isn't accepted? You go back all the time. You mentioned it to Sal Pal, too. If there's a first on the table, you would think it's taken. Yeah, it was like if there's if if the Colts or Bears offered you a first round pick, here's the problem. If the Bears offered you a first round pick and then it was Wentz was no, I don't want to play there, then maybe you had a first round pick on the table, but that team and Wentz couldn't work out the you know, because now you're kind of hamstrung by that possibility. Yeah. And and there's something deep down inside of me that says that first round pick to Rico and Nick Foles situation was going to happen, and then something Something occurred. And maybe it's the fact that Carson Wentz said no, because the time of when that news dropped, that that's what people were hearing, that was the same exact time that all these big-time national media members who cover the NFL at, at an elite level were saying it's very close. So I tie the fact that that Bears compensation and the national media all come together in the same weekend. Something was going to happen, and maybe it comes back to 
Carson Wentz saying, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think the Eagles and Colts are still discussing this. And I think the Bears, they probably have their offer on the table. This is what we're willing to do. If your guy's willing to play for us, this is what we're willing to give you. That might already be ironed out. but So that could make this a two-horse race for the most part, right? But I think that, and uh, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, he tweeted this out. He covers the Colts for The Athletic. And he says this this morning, while it's been quiet, Eagles and Colts have continued trade talks for Carson Wentz. One important aspect of this, I'm told, is Indy hasn't significantly changed its offer from where it started more than a week ago. For the most part, the Colts aren't budging. So what do you do if you're Howie Roseman in that case? Well, that's where you have to either then decide, am I going to wait this out and hope they buckle, or am I going to be the one that buckles? And we have, what's the date? March 19th. That's the timeline that one of us will have a stare down till. Maybe that's it. I see both sides of it, and that's why I have issues right now kind of analyzing it because there is legitimacy to you know playing this from a Howie Roseman standpoint of, I'm not going to budge. If you're not giving me a good enough package for what I think Carson Wentz can get me in return, I am not going to just give him up. So I do see that side of it. I also think that there's somewhat of a, let's just wash our hands clean. There's so much turmoil here. We, we need to somehow set this thing fresh. We need this new outlook. And, you know, we can't allow a draft pick to be the difference in having good vibes in this franchise right now because it is a mess. There's so much turmoil. You do need to put value in that. So where does that put you? Where does that draw the line? you, you got to be able to find the, the right mix of them both. Yeah, and keep in mind, you have Wentz that has three ex-Eagle coaches on that staff that he had success with, Wright, Grow, and Press Taylor. So it almost feels that any team that comes swooping in is going to be up against it, that Wentz is going to be like, nope, I prefer Indianapolis. So that's where you might lose some leverage if other teams actually do get involved. At this point, if one hour from now, half hour from now, 15 minutes from now, we see that Carson Wentz is traded for two seconds and a third or fourth round pick, what would your thoughts be? Would that would that satisfy you? That compensation in return? What was it? Two 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 seconds and uh, let's say a third. Two seconds and a third. Because hmm. if they're not budging, and we know that's the offer on the table, you know, according to Jaws, that's what he's hearing from the coach and all. If they're not budging, and that's the package available, and Howie Roseman, he's the one that moves first. He says, "Fine, all right, we'll do it." How do you how do you think you would feel? Underwhelmed. Not necessarily underwhelmed, but I think that that moment, everything would kind of like start. You are, you want to Hollywood set in. You go into, okay, what does this mean now? What's next? You're already thinking of, okay, the cause and effect. You're now looking at, okay, what is happening now? Where does this put us now? Okay. I want to go back to when Donovan McNabb got traded. Now it's a little different, but you know, McNabb was a guy who was very polarizing here. A lot of people didn't like him. Um, he ends up getting traded. They got in return a second round pick and a conditional third or fourth rounder. And it was a fourth rounder that it ended up being. So they got a second rounder and a fourth rounder for Donovan McNabb. I got news for you. McNabb, now, this is a different time in his career, but McNabb was a better player than Wentz was. No? Yes. 
and you got a second round pick for him and a fourth round. How old was he when that happened? Yeah, he was older though. So it's it's a little different. But I gotta say, then knowing that, I mean, he was in 2010 was when he got traded. So he is how old now? He's got to be about my age, 44. So he was probably like 30, 34. Yeah, yeah, 33, 34 in that range. So yeah, that definitely is a little bit Couple, different. It's five years different. Yeah. Five years different. So my point, if you got two seconds for Wentz and a third. But the difference is, I don't think the skill, like when you ask me about Donovan McNabb or Wentz, it's because of longevity and how long he did it, which is obviously a, a part of this. But in terms of just like raw, natural skill, I think Carson Wentz, went, it fixed his natural skill is just as high as anybody else in the league. Yeah. So, so with like in terms of like, what is Donovan McNabb better? Well, yeah, because you've seen his whole career compared to you don't really know what Wentz's full career is yet. But in terms of ceiling, you know, you can make the argument that Wentz's ceiling is significantly high. Yeah, no, I, I look, I think I think the problem is he was so bad this year that teams are going to try to undercut you. Yeah. Um, Would it change your opinion if you get the two seconds in the third and then a week later Sam Darnold's traded for a first-round pick? Would that trade your opinion on your return? I don't think that would happen, but maybe. Yeah, like I wonder what is Sam Darnold's uh, value right now in this market? I haven't what, heard anything. Yeah, that. not nothing. Nothing I feel like at I all. I haven't heard his name mentioned at all. Have you? No, not really. Garoppolo? Maybe they're, everyone's waiting for this Wentz domino to fall first, while Howie's waiting for everybody else's domino to fall first. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends at PropSwap.com. Yep. If you haven't tried PropSwap.com, you are missing out. PropSwap is a place where you can go to buy and sell sports bets, futures, odds, something down the road. You buy the bet, sell it at PropSwap.com, and then you can set the market. You can set the price. You could be Howie Roseman. You could put your ticket on there and have the people bid on that ticket. All right, 248 Sports Bass. Watch the show live on our website, 973ESPN.com. Mike and Rhodes, we got a lot of comments. People watching the show today, we will get to your comments. I do promise we will do that. And I do want to remind you that coming up, we got a busy show today. Jay Fitz is going to join us. Uh, Paul Hudrick is inside the Sixers today. Sixers back in action tonight against the uh, Rockets. Mosher is football at four. And John Clayton, the professor. We're going to get his take on the draft and uh, this Wentz situation. And also, there's some talk that the Seahawks are interested in Zach Ertz. You know, uh, Clayton does a show out there on 710 ESPN in Seattle. So I'm interested to see how uh, interesting or interested, I should say, the Seahawks are in Zach Ertz. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to bring up. And also... Not that it was specifically tied to Seattle, but I just think hearing the name Andre Dillard spark a little bit of like a question mark. We said, obviously, there's so many fascinating storylines heading into next season, but one of those was what's going to happen at left tackle? And they just see the name Dillard thrown in the mix. It was, I'm not going to say like insanely surprising, but I just never really thought of it. I thought because of the offensive line being so banged up that depth is big and having a guy who can play left tackle if anything happens, or maybe he's your starter. He was your first-round pick. Well, I definitely think that Dillard might have trade value. I don't know that you're going to get a ton for him, but you might be able to get a fourth. Yeah, is that that's a bad look. Well, I mean, if he's not going to be your starter, but if you know another draft pick, knowing what happened would you last just year, keep him? that's what I'm saying. Knowing what happened last year, that fourth round pick that look, they do a good job at drafting linemen later in the rounds. Maybe that's another lineman that has more versatility. But I think knowing what happened last year, 
If they don't have a problem with Dillard. But what happens if something happened to Lane? If, let's say, hypothetically, Lane with the ankle, something happens. You can move by a lot at a right tackle. Now you have a, a, a good left tackle sitting there they for Driscoll you. Driscoll they like, though. At, at the right side. That's true. You can do that as well. You're right. Now, I guess there are options to do it, but I don't know. Getting rid of him for a fourth, I don't know. if I think I'd rather keep him for depth. I don't have a problem with Driscoll. The problem I have with Driscoll is it feels like a wasted first-round pick. You mean Dillard? Dillard. Yes. Yes. It feels like a wasted first-round pick. Like, I would be willing to give Dillard another shot to win that position and show me why you drafted him in the first round. I've never got to see. He's only played a handful of games. The one game that stands out to everyone is the one that he played at right tackle. But no one seems to remember that he did play other games at left tackle, and he played very well at those games. The problem is we only remember the bad, so we only remember the right tackle game. He's not a right tackle. Okay. So I'm okay with giving him a shot to play left tackle, but if you're telling me Maialata is better than him, if you're if the team is saying is better than him, then I feel like, man, what a wasted first-round pick. Yeah, and it goes back to a common conversation we have over the last recent stretch of draft picks. It it's just been it's been killing you. But I wonder yeah, that's that's a hard one to okay, and I get it. Like, man, that's a hard one because you had Jason Peters, who was old, breaking down at a very important position. I would like to know how and this is kind of ties into what you're saying here, because you want to fulfill that role again. And and I understand I'm not upset with picking a tackle in that area, but I would just say I wonder how other teams viewed him. Where was the average of where Andre Dillard fell on the draft board throughout the NFL? Because were the Eagles the only one that had him that high? Was he really a second-round pick to most teams? Like I wonder how he was no. viewed at the time, because I don't think it was as high as the Eagles necessarily took him. No, I think that year, and I'm trying to go back, but I'm looking here now at different um profiles and like where people thought he might go um i don't i don't remember i don't know that he was I, like have the to tackle there but there was a lot of people back to you I mean i'm trying to kind of to go. yeah by no means him round town and they took him in the first no, but, round but i'm just curious so what i remember fell. about him in that year was that okay he went to washington state a team that passed the ball almost all the time and that he was thought to be a very good pass blocker yeah, like that, that he would be a very ready nfl ready pass blocker but that he was going to work, need to work on his run block. Yeah, definitely, which makes a lot of sense because with Leach back then, <laughs> you're dropping back a billion times a game. Right. So I don't remember where he may have been in terms of this question is way and see if he remembers where he kind of fell on his draft board. During the Andre Dillard draft. Yeah, I, 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 but they traded up to get him too. So they obviously thought someone else might get him. You know what I mean? Like they made a trade draft that they traded up to get Dillard. So there was a, some concern that they thought someone else may have gotten them. And the next pick right after him was an offensive tackle. So they traded up to get over top of Houston because they were worried that Houston was going to take them. Yep. They jumped up from 25 to 22 and gave up a fourth rounder and a six round pick to move up those three spots. 
to go out and get Dillard. They moved up, so they gave up a fourth rounder to move up three spots at the fourth, back end of the draft. Yeah, fourth and a sixth. You know, so that's they they obviously thought enough of him that they traded a fourth round pick to go get him. That's why at this point I would say I can't rip them position. I know but where you're coming from, but results do matter. Whether their mentality was right or not in the beginning, which I'm with you. Their mentality was right. Go fix that position. But there has to be at some point, you know, the execution needs to be better at the same time. But I'm not faulting their logic behind it. But I do need to, at some point, look at the results and say, well, there were, as much as their mentality might not be wrong, their results continue to be wrong as of recent. As yeah, of recent. well, and the results for him are tough because the year they drafted him, he had someone in front of him, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Or a possible Hall of Famer, you know, and, and Jason Peters. So he could get on the field. And then when he got on the field, He didn't play awful. He played left tackle. He what he means. Not Correct. awful. He he played. He handled himself very well at left tackle. He did not play well in a game at right tackle. So that is what has clouded this whole situation. And then the second year, he was going to be the left tackle last year. He was going to win that position. And he got hurt. So that's what makes it very difficult. Sports Bash is live. Watch the show at 97.3 ESPN.com. And don't forget, download the free mobile.